think it'd be so neat to have a place where people that are in wheelchairs could just roll in a stand, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, I take my four-wheeler. Early, early in the morning, it's dark. I have to back it, or the buggy, it's hard because it's a, it's a long trail down to my stand, but I have to back it all the way down because I have to, you know, I have to be able to get my rifle off and all that stuff. But it's, there's a... There's a smooth place in front of my stand, so yeah. I have to back all the way down, get it open, open it up, take my rifle out, like lean it in the door, all while I'm trying to be super quiet, you know, because I don't want to wake everybody, wake the woods up before the sun comes up. But if it were a place, you know, where, where these people could easily get down to this stand and just roll in it. Wes and I were talking about it yesterday because that's what we were doing. We were disking because finally got a little bit of rain to soften the ground up. But anyway, it, that would be so neat for people that... Yeah. For those accessibility things, for things to be accessible for all people, you know, and, and they not, can't go to the beach. Only, and not only accessible, but in the in the prime best spots you can hunt. Right. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, like you said, you can't get these kids or whoever. I mean, somebody's handicapped. You can't get them or let's just say, let's take handicap. I like that. I want to take handicap away. I do too. Inconvenience. I don't want to. I don't, don't, don't want to say it anymore. I really don't. I mean, and, and and that might be go for some everybody, some people, but for me and for you, I like inconvenience. That's what Wes says. He 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 hates the word handicap, and he said it yesterday because we've talked about this podcast over and over, and we both listened to it over and over. We just went on a trip a week last week for my birthday, but we sat in the hotel room and just listened to both of them and paused and thought about it. You know, because this is raw and it's completely real. You don't. Sometimes you're not thinking about what you're saying. You're like, I don't know why I didn't give more details. Or <laughs> thank goodness for being able to edit. Yeah. All right. So let's get this thing kicked off. So um, before we get before we get going, all right, y'all. So we've got a big announcement. This is awesome to me. Uh, Meredith and I have been talking, and we just have so many things that we feel so strongly the same about, and it's that Meredith is gonna. Uh, come on weekly and she's going to co-host this with me which is such a relief for me um to because it helps me um man i don't it just helps out really what to what we really need to talk about so anyway i've got will so this is will thomas and will has been i'm just gonna be straight up he has made such an impact in my life and and only a short time um, he, he invited me to, um, he sponsored me to go to walk to Emmaus in February, 2019, which was the most critical time in my life. And when I went and experienced it and experienced that love, and then that whole weekend, it just mentally got me in the place that I needed to be for my family. And so, yeah. You know the walk to Emmaus is is such an uh, incredible organization, and even you know, and people ask me, oh, what is it? You know, what is it about the walk to Emmaus? And there's some things that are sort of uh, left untold to folks that have not been to it. Uh, so I'm not going to say everything, but uh, you know the the thing about the walk to Emmaus is it's really the presence of God. That shows up, and and that that shows up in the story, the walk to Emmaus. People are, you know, these disciples are walking along, and um, somebody shows up and starts walking with them, and they don't know who he is. They they can't recognize him, and and he explains things to the disciples uh, about you know the death of Christ and how it was foretold in the Old Testament, and goes through all the scriptures and explains it to them, and the story says that the disciples were burning within themselves. Their hearts were just burning about this, and they really wanted him to stay with them. And then they did communion, and when they did communion, they recognized who it was. So I think the thing about the walk to Emmaus is is the presence of God shows up. And and that's what we all need is I went, his presence. I got to go, um, I think, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And it. Um, all I can say about it is just, oh, my. I... I I don't know. That one day I left there and it was just, it was unbelievable for yeah. me. Yeah, especially for especially you. Especially going through, you know, after that had been many years um, after my accident. But 
you know, I still go through so much every day, you know, just mm-hmm. all, all those emotions and, and all those regrets and just, you know, you do so much to yourself as a human that weights you down and, and to go and to walk to Emmaus, it was just, oh, I, I'm so glad I did it. Yep. You know, it was wonderful. You know, what I just saw you is I, I feel the same exact way that I just saw you. Um, and I think it's because that we were in such a need needy position i was well it's an unbelievable position yeah yeah but you know because of this the the cancer and because of the the will you know your your injury having people come around you and do that many things for you and you and, and you just it's hard to explain how amazing that feels mm-hmm. yeah so anyway well and and you know the just being in the presence of god and then you, know, you you want to share that with others, and that's why you know I sponsored you, Carter, is because you know you were you were in a in a difficult time, and you know I knew that you needed to be in the presence of the Lord, and you know. And I'm thankful that I'm, you, I'm glad it worked out. I'm thankful that you knew that, yeah, and you came and got me, yeah. But anyway, all right, so let's get into uh, into Will. So what what I see in in Will, um, what I watch is first of all he's got a he's got a state record now, alligator. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Fourteen three. You gonna get like a a, a ring? Be like a ring. <laughs> well, I think some boots would be more appropriate. Some alligator, An alligator belt, boots. like a a, yeah, you a need, weight champion. You need, uh, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. I may have one of those on right now. <laughs> well, this awesome. isn't the state record, but I do have some alligator leather. But with this gator, we're, we're all going to get some leather, all the guys that were on the team that caught it. And um, I'm going to get some boots made, and I'm going to stamp a brand on the side, 14-3. Yeah, you guys. I'd so, be proud. You know, mm, that's well, awesome. That's going to be my trophy. Harry, I kind of want some 14-3 gear. <laughs> Me too. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 All right. So um, one thing I think is cool about is how you get your family involved in the outdoors and – um, and, and kind of really what it appears to me from the outside looking in is you kind of let them all kind of do what they want to do and you kind of have fun and talk about that. Yeah. Well, I want to hear about your kid, your four, you said you have four kids. Yeah. So we've How got, old are they? we've got four kids. Um, I married my high school sweetheart, uh, 21 years ago. Yeah. 21 years ago. And, um, we've got four kids, one uh, daughter that's 17, a daughter that's 14, a daughter that's 12 and a son that's 10. So we've got three girls and a boy and, uh, and they're just a, a lot of fun. You know, I, um, when Carter asked me and we talked kind of about what we might talk about today, I, I did some thinking about it and, um, the, uh, you know, God is a relational, uh, being and he, you know, he made us in his image. So we're relational. And, uh, with my kids, you know, I just have a strong desire to, have a good relationship with them and uh, kind of the way I do it is, is through the outdoors and that's not the only way to do it. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways to, to have a, a relationship with somebody, but one of our big things is just being in the outdoors. And there's a scripture that uh, really uh, speaks to me about that. It's Romans one twenty, and it says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, the creation, so that people are without excuse. And I've always felt that, you know, the outdoors is that to me. Um, you know, when I was in college, freshman, um, that was kind of the first time I truly had uh, an experience where I, you know, had to decide, am I going to be, you know, am I going to have a relationship with God or not? And the outdoors is really kind of what I poured myself into uh, to get away from some of the temptations and things I was dealing with. And, you know, I feel like uh, with my kids, uh, I really, we spend time together in the outdoors and um, have a, have a big time. And Y'all do. Uh, we do. Yesterday, um, my daughter, the 12-year-old daughter, wanted to kill a deer. And then I wanted to go dove hunting, and so I asked my oldest daughter, and she wanted to go dove hunting with me. So um, I said, all right, to the 12-year-old, I'll get the crossbow ready, put it in the stand behind the house, and then I'm taking your sister uh, dove hunting. 
And so set the crossbow up down in the stand behind the house and the older one and I go dove hunting. And while we're shooting doves in the dove field, I get a text of a picture with the 12 year old and she has shot a deer. She and her little brother blood trailed it, found it, drug it out. And then I said, what are we going to do? I said, load it on the trailer, convince your mom to take you to the buck shop. And so they put it on the trailer, hooked it up to my wife's car. They took it to the buck shop and, uh, Donated it to Hunter's Harvest, which is a good, great program for donating uh, wild game meat. And um, so anyway, that was my yesterday. But uh, they, I really, you know, find that they're, they're, I mean, with all these screens and things these days, I mean, kids need to be outdoors. Yes. Uh, it yeah. really benefits them and the relationships we have. And you're them. raising them. We talked about this last week. You're raising real men and women which we need more of yeah. because just think about it where most kids are nowadays. They're not 10 years old helping their sister load a deer up on a trailer, hooking it to their mom's car. They don't know how to do those things. There yeah. are not many 10 year olds that can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I had, uh, I, I spent some time with a, a buddy of mine, uh, sat, uh, Friday <clears throat> and he, uh, he showed me a message, and that message was, um, I guess a boy broke up with a girl, and uh, you know he said, "I'm sorry." I, I, or, you know, they just sent it in text messages now, and they, he said he basically said, "I need to work on my swing and get better. Um, I don't have time for this right now." And it's you know, it's uh, it's kind of crazy to me to think how much you know. What do we focus on? And having watching you and watching these kids um, get out in the outdoors and just the smiles, like for real. And the, I mean, y'all look, this guy. So if this this is the guy that I advised with when we bought Miss Hershey. Remember that? You, uh. Yeah, I called you about the. You know, I called you about a. I think a goat. <laughs> A goat, you know, I was thinking about getting Lila's uh, Christmas present. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay. and you're like, man, you need, you need to think about a mini horse. Yeah. A mini horse and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, um, yeah. but then you've also, you know, you, the funny story about your son watching the squirrel, trying to catch the squirrel. Oh, yeah. So my little boy um, loves animals and hunting and catching stuff. Right now he's he's got ducks and wants to buy quail and raise them and all kind of stuff. But he wanted to catch a squirrel, and so we made him a, a little trap with an open bottom and um, a little and got him a little stick and propped it up in our backyard and tied a string to the stick that's propped up the cage and put a little bait under there. And then he's got the string going inside and, you know, in the window. And so he sits there and watches the cage, and when the squirrel goes up under it, he pulls the string and the cage falls on the squirrel and then it's pandemonium to go out there and catch the squirrel and release it or whatever that's cool that's neat it's like (laughs) you know we built forts when we were kids you know going back to the the screen time thing with kids now you know we didn't have that we didn't have cell phones you know it was like be home before dark you know before dinner that was it you know you didn't I met, I, uh, I remember pulling up my phone during that ice storm and seeing a video of Will Thomas skiing <laughs> in the ditches. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that's, we're always that's good getting stuff, into something. Man. Yeah, that, you know that's when I think about when I grew up. That's what we were doing. I yeah. Mean, when we got a storm, we got an ice storm, we got anything, we're in it. Yeah. Until it leaves us. Hook the ski rope up to the jeep and let's go. That's right. Oh my goodness. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Going back to that verse. Yeah. That was my verse. I told you I told you this is that Romans 1 verse 20 and kind of what um, when things got crazy, chaos, not really knowing how to deal with um, what, what, what I was dealing with. I just went to the woods. I just said, you know, I'm just going to go hunting. And at the time I was hunting this big called him Unicorn. Megan named him Unicorn, which uh, the neighbors ended up getting him and um but I was kind of so focused on that deer and uh, kind of let my problems go into chasing that deer. And and I'll never forget spending time getting down to the river and figuring out, how am I going to kill this deer? Okay, I'm going to use my 
forestry knowledge, my wildlife, what I do for a living and say, how am I going to, where's he going? Where's he, where's he coming from? And, uh, and I'll never forget. I was, this is the, um, I was on the river and I was standing there and all of a sudden it was like, kind of like viney, you know how it gets on the river. It's like vine. It's like not very good timber. So then the vines kind of grow over and it's just junk. For the first time, I looked at the like the treetops, and I was like, "Well, those three, those are cherry barks, and that's, that's swamp chestnut, and those are cypress trees over there." And all of a sudden, it was just like the it was just like doom. It was like it's been here. This this view has been here this entire time, and you're you've never looked up. And this is what you do for a living, but you've never looked up. You've always looked down and tried to see what the deer are feeding on the ground. And it was like in that moment, God was saying, show them. I want you. And he was like, he was laughing at me like, you know, it's how crazy is this? And I, uh, I went home and I told, I told my wife about it. And I was like, I've never experienced anything like this. I'm telling you, I don't know what to do, but so I called my pastor and I went to see him, went to put to uh, get some coffee. And he, I told him about it and he, I think he, he gave me that verse. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and he said, I think you should go back. If you experienced him, go back. So I did. And it was a day, it was a cold, cold day and, uh, got in the tree and, and I just was like, you know, I'm just going to spend some time here. I don't know what I'm doing here. I've, I've just experienced something that I can't explain, but I want more of it. And I was sitting there and I was, Megan was in Houston getting treatment with her dad. She texted me and she said, you know, the ice storm's here. We can't get home. We're, we're, we're trying to figure this out, but I'm fixing to go to my appointment. And uh, I'll let you know what the doctor says. So... I'm in this moment and I'm like, Lord, are you real? You know, are you really real? Like, what's going on here? I get a text message from her that basically says that we just got the um, report back on the, um, y'all got to give me a minute. Hold on. It was her genes. Something about a, 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 I forgot, it was it was a gene or something to be able to do targeted therapy. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have, they know that they have like 15 or 4 billion genes or something. And they have treatments for like, or a billion genes or something, and got uh, treatments for like 15. And she had one of those genes hmm. in that exact moment. Yeah. It was like, Laura's like, you had a better chance of winning the lottery than getting that. And it was like he was saying, I've got her. I need you to sit, just relax for a minute. And, and that relaxing for a minute turned into me walking away from my business. Um, um, you know, partners at the time with Blake and, 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 and I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember Megan, um, I remember when I first thought, talked about it, she said, if you think this is really what the Lord's calling you to do, and I mean you, th- you know it, I'm in. And but if you don't, I need you to really make sure that that's true. Well, she had went and visited with her friend, and um, and you know she gave her some advice on that too, and just you know kind of like support your husband. You know he's searching this, and and we did it, and we started you know kind of did this Habco thing together. And, and that was to um, kind of show God in creation and not, and try not to, I, at first I thought that was like me put a lot of input in. And I've learned today that just finished uh, this farm that, that I went all native on. And it is incredible. I mean, it's just like amazing to me how when you get a property that's truly working the ecosystem's working. Everything's mm-hmm. working. Um, it's really hard to mess that up. Yeah. And the less that I got involved, the better it got. And now I'm like, 
able to see that, you know, right now our turkeys, so everybody wants to know what's the stress level on turkeys are right now, is moisture. It is seeds they need. Um, so they're really gravitating towards our wetlands, our cypress sloughs. They're all up in it. So the last area that got, that dried out is usually always clean. It's dirt. Mm-hmm. And those, those turkeys stay on the edges there and they eat all the smart weeds and they eat the different little um, things off uh, Tupelo gums. There's a lot of different things that they're benefiting from, that the ducks are going to benefit from in just a few more weeks. Yeah. And it's crazy to me to see. You know see- what's funny? I was hunting uh, Friday evening, and I was hunting in an area that was pretty much a slough. And I was walking in, and I was like, that's a turkey feather. And then I went, and I got on the stand and saw nothing but turkeys. <laughs> hey, man. And, and, but it's a swamp out there where they were. And, and to me, that I've always told myself in my management, my job is as a manager, now that I manage kind of with the Lord, kind of with creation, I just watch them and see what they're doing and see if I can improve on it. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, um, that area that they were using, basically, we need landing space for ducks. We, they don't really like to land in tall, good, smart weed. And so they want to land in open water. And so... I went and looked at this area that these ducks, I mean, these turkeys were using. And so I kind of bush hogged around those areas. And that is immediately giving them fresh bugs, fresh seeds on the ground, laid over. And it's, I don't know if anybody's ever truly walked into a wetland that is under its own control. But it is unbelievable the amount of bugs, seeds, the moisture, the how beautiful that soul is. Wes and I were just talking about how jealous we are of your job that you get to be. You know, you were talking about nature and, and how you, when you are not focusing on that deer, you know, when, when you let the hunt just like, whoa. Like on my stand, there's just family of birds and they drive me crazy because every noise they make, I'm like, you know, what's that? You know, because you think it's a deer. But you don't really realize what nature can do for you mentally until you get out there and sit in it, you know? And you're like, whoa, that was amazing. This is amazing. And then at the end of the hunt, you didn't see anything. And you're like, it doesn't matter because this was cool. You know, anyway, so we were talking about you, your job and you being able to be in it all the time. And and there, I don't dismiss women hunters. There's not as many of them because there are some pretty awesome people's friends of mine that hunt all the time. Yeah. But I feel like if more people would just get in the woods, you know, especially women, they would appreciate why their men want to go to deer camp all the time. (laughs) You know, because sometimes it's they just want to go out there and sit and get away from everything and just look at what God's doing. Just look at. And if you get out there and you think that God's not real, you're crazy. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, some people do. They go through life, um, you know, and go through being in the outdoors and they don't really understand railroad pizza yep or recognize that man god is all over uh the landscape you know he's all over it and you got to stop and it's not all about just killing that deer or that turkey or you know it's about seeing what god created having others involved in it with you and building those relationships it's, it's that it's active like the cool thing, and I and I, I, uh, I was telling Casey about like Thursday morning. Did you feel that when you woke up? Did, did you hurt Thursday morning? I don't know. <laughs> you hurt every day. I guess it's, so, it's just so. Yeah. Anyway, Thursday, I couldn't sleep Wednesday night, and I knew. And and when those we, we talked about it, that when we have those in, injuries that have metal in them, something that, in the expansion. Well, what I, what I know now, I've, I've, I've literally wrote down the storms, this is what happened, and then after it, go behind it and see, well, what happened? Well, I realized that the one we just had Thursday is a pressure-packed, It wasn't no, there wasn't any rain involved in it, but when it came through, it was so pressure-packed, it holds you, okay? Mm-hmm. And so at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm out on my driveway walking, because I know that if I walk it off, I will wake, I will not have that pain. And so 
and I can't sleep. I wish that I could look back on some of the, I just, I have spasms all the time, like almost all day, every day. And I just don't, I don't think about storms affecting my body, but I wish I could like remember like, whoa, maybe well, it did. Well, cool or maybe I could have, you know, the, cra- the crazy thing is back on the river, I, I just knew that he was showing, want me to show God in creation. So when I finally messed up so many, I, I bought a skid steer, started fixing things. And I was like, we're going to do it right here. And learn the hard way and i realized that the lord was gonna let me in on it but my job was to just commit and say yes and then i what i really should have done is just sat down spent time in creation learning and that's what i've done in the last five years is watching this storm basically the pressure that came through if you woke up thursday last this past thursday and you had real bad soreness especially if you have a traumatic injury um you know casey was barely getting up he's like man i'm i'm gonna be running a few minutes late getting to the gym and i was like it's just the pressure we'll work that out when we get to the water and uh but it's cool to realize that this pressure was to hold the deer down in a pattern and then when it released they seek out a different food source it is a change in season, meaning they, they moved into our white oak area. And so I've got this deer that I have so much history with and so much. And he came home. He came home and he got in his, into his bed that for that particular s- season, he has one, per- one spot that he likes to be in. Mm-hmm. And so over the last few years, we've been taking those spots and improving on them, knowing that they're his and knowing that they're, um, how can we make them better? We thought we'd have two years until he got to like a certain level status, but he blew up and he blew up because he was given, um, a balance of, 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 I haven't figured this all out yet. Okay. So, but I think that if I give a white tail wetland plants, and upland plants together in the same type because there's always a slope deer love to walk that slope it's one thing i've studied is they stay on those slope lines and i think it's that they stay on those slope lines to get a little bit of this i think the wetland plants provide some minerals that they need you know you can you know one thing i'm looking into is that phosphorus can they can stack phosphorus into their skeletal system so when you see those bucks on the in the, in the big time swamps late in the year, they're probably in there to get some of that phosphorus. Do you hmm. see that in? I don't know that I've ever picked up on that, uh, but it's something that makes sense. So in, 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 in a wetland, phosphorus and nitrogen are really um, um, produced a lot hmm. but in order to get that water from going, not having oxygen in it. And so you got standing water in the summertime in those wetlands. And so something has to go on in order to, and that's why you see all these beautiful plants if you get it right. If you get it right, it's just going to grow. You don't need any fertilizers. It's just going to be, and the deer are just, there's certain plants that right now, like I think that, I don't know for sure, but I think it's called water pod. And they're getting a lot of their moisture off of that plant hmm. but it's, it's it's just cool to me that i don't know any of this and i feel like i'm getting to know the lord more by studying what wildlife do and how to improve on it yeah and there's some things we'll never understand carter <laughs> you that's, know that's, um, you read the book of job and it talks about how look there's just some things that you're not going to understand and um and you got to be okay with it. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that with the the human body last week. You know, with with a severe spinal cord injury, there's there's a complete injury, and there's a there's a not complete injury. And complete, you pretty much know your fate. And not complete, it's it's a wide open book, and doctors don't know. I mean, that's why they call it practicing medicine. You know, you're just you're just in it. And what if what if in your in the exact moment of your injury? The Lord, like, you didn't know, but what if the Lord just said, you know what? 
I'm going to make it incomplete here. And I'm just going to make sure that that's incomplete because he had a plan for you. I can tell you this. I know he has a plan for me. Yeah. And, it, and it started, I told you all of those events of that day. I, I just feel like I should have never been in that car. And then the nurse and her husband that was behind us when we had the wreck, you know, that's the only reason I'm alive today. I've been told, you know, and she, I, and I know. Were, and, they, and she was a nurse. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She was a nurse. Mm-hmm. I, I know, like that there was a plan for me because I, I feel like that I just at 14 being so young, I just had, had too much going for me and I had a big head and my dad was a football coach and, and my brothers were, but we were all very good. We were all very talented athletes at a young age. And my brothers went on to play college ball. We talked about this last week. I feel like God had a plan for me and I feel like that plan was to sit me down and Mm. just, and it, that's hard to talk about and hard to accept. He sent me down too. But he said, "All right, stop right now, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna flip the script completely all the way around, and it's gonna kill you almost. <laughs> it, it, you know, <laughs> it, it's gonna almost kill you, mm-hmm. and then you're you're just gonna have to go. And then that that day when I when I felt that needle prick in my foot when they took blood out of my foot, I don't know. I just I got this fire and. You know, the doctors kept telling me the worst because they have to every day. And I just I just dismissed it. I was just like, I don't believe you. I'm not. I'm, I'm pushing. And I have for 26 years. And I, I think that's a really going. good thing for everyone to do. Just just in your fight, you got to believe that you can beat it. You got to believe that in you the can positive. Get, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay there. Stay there. Yeah. Don't put that negative. Sorry, I got to stand up. I got to pull that hip a little bit. Jake, Jake, my nephew, um, he. He, his kneecap dislocated in football uh, several weeks ago, and then it did it again. And he's in eighth grade, and I, I was the, my my wreck happened the summer between my eighth and ninth grade year. And I told my sister in law Allison because it just it upset her, and and because that's her that's her baby, you know. And and Cooper, his oldest brother, he's very good at football too. Just takes after my my twin brother Jeff. But anyway, Jake does too, and and it just. It made him so upset, and I said, "Listen, I said you're young, and it could be so much worse, you know." And in those kind of moments, I throughout my life, when I've seen people, especially friends, getting injured, and it's devastating. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, oh, if you knew how devastating it could actually be, and I thank God that that did not happen to you. What happened to me did not happen to you, that it's just. Because I tore my knee up six months before my wreck playing basketball. Oh, really? And it was awful. I wasn't even fully recovered. You know, it was just 97 was a horrible year for me. But looking back, maybe it was the best year, you know, because now everything's great. And I have this outlook that it's mine and I own it, you know. And so I I want people to realize that. I do, too. Like, now that I can, like, know where the storms are coming, I'm really proud of what I have. I'm proud of where I've come from. I am too. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't feel sorry for myself. I don't feel sorry for my family. Um, am I still struggling? Absolutely. Every day. But that's everybody too. Yeah. You know, just in a different um, way. And, but, you know, to me, I just can't imagine where I'd be without good people, the good men that have been in my life, that have been strategically placed by the Lord at a certain time that you, when you look back at it and you're like, well, what if he wouldn't have done that? Yeah. Think about that. What if he would have said, I'm too tired this weekend to sponsor this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when you're, I have found that, you know, I just have to say yes when, when God, tells me to do something you just gotta say yes and you know a lot of times that takes putting you know myself on the back burner um and you know putting others first but when god tells me to do something you just gotta say yes and go for it Um, yeah and one of those things was uh, sponsoring you which was great i mean and then at the end of the day you turn around and you look at it and you get more out of it than you know than you would have if you'd have gone and done something that was uh, selfish, you know, with selfish motives. Um, so, um, I was on the way to work. Uh, it's been about a month ago, and um, 
Noah is one of our people that work here. He he runs food. He's we call him a bus runner. That's his title on payroll. Anyway, he calls me and he he is completely distraught and he said, "Miss Meredith, I don't think I can come to work today." And I said, "Okay, what's wrong, Noah?" And he said, "I think I just found my mom dead." Mama. Yeah. So he did, and mm. I was like, "I don't know what to do right now." the The day before was a holiday, so whatever holiday that was, I couldn't do payroll. So I ran and did payroll and I ran to his house Noah is autistic and his brother has Asperger's and their mom did everything for them his mom brought him to work he can't Noah can't drive he's 24 his mom brought him to work and took him home we only worked nine to two anyway they don't have anybody and so Wes and I are in the process of um, just kind of getting a censorship over them and seeing if we can help in any way try to get them moved back to Florida closer to us. And it's a huge thing because Christopher's 35 and he just, you know, he's, he has Asperger's and he, he can function, you know, but he's, they've got some issues and, and they don't, they don't have somebody, but I think God laid that on me that day. And, and I don't know why I was like, no, I'm coming. As soon as I get payroll done, I'll be there, you know. And I and I didn't know anybody walking to his, walking into his house. I didn't know Christy's sister. I didn't know Christy's friends. You know, I, I took them to the funeral. I went and bought them funeral clothes. They didn't have funeral clothes. I didn't know that all of this stuff was going to happen. But I was like, you know what? I got to step up. And it's not for me, you know, but it's for them. They're precious yeah. boys now that I've gotten to know them and their whole family. And everybody loves Noah if you've ever been to Railroad. He's our Noah, you know, he's, he's, he's going to tell you stupid dad jokes and, you know, he's, he's, but he's awesome. And anyway, so that one of those things when God just like says, Hey, here it is, you have to be like, what? And in the back of your mind, your human mind, because one thing you can't do is control your thoughts. You're like, why me? Hold on. Yeah. And there's somebody else that better, you know, I have a restaurant, I have a family, I have kids what are you talking about? You know, but I am, I, I'm excited about it. And and then there's a piece because yeah. after you accept that, that he chose you for it, there's a piece, you know, he, he chose me for this injury and to share my story yeah. and to be super tough and to let it shine on other people and for other people to ask questions. And, and I, once I felt like it was a gift rather than yeah. something bad happening to me, it is this gift that God gave me then life is just so much easier. The, the, the cool thing about why I love my injury is because I can get with you the first time and be like, I don't feel so. I know that I don't feel sorry for you for your injury, injury because I know that um, we just want to be normal. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when you experience that, you're like, man, that's so cool to be able to know that um, people with injuries, I can go up to them and just not even worry about talking about what they're dealing with. Um, just have a, treat them like a, somebody that doesn't have any, any injuries. It's like you're part of the club now. I know that seems so crazy, but we but, talked about this last week. If somebody could just spend six months in a wheelchair, you know, like I did for two years. And I mean, I'm so thankful that I'm not still in it, but I could be. And there are people that I know that are, and it's a permanent thing and, and they're never going to stand again. And there's... The people that have texted me that I that have injuries, every one of them were like, I had no idea about this club, like this, and from the from our podcast. And I think that um, for me, that is that is enough. Like it's not about um, how far we grow if we don't grow. This that's not what this is. This is um, an opportunity for us to tell people that if you've got this you need to use it you need to use it and you can contact us right and we're gonna be there yeah and and you know and the cool thing about what i've been through which started with guys like will is when i get to see a family that i know what's going to happen the next two months i'm able to remember what people did for me and it does not matter if people don't show up because I'm going. Yeah. And I'm going to be there. Yeah. And if it means that, whatever it takes. Yep. And I think that what's the cool thing is, is that I'm what I'm locating right now are people that are just like me, that are just like you, that are just like Will, that like the Brian Gibsons. Yeah. You know, it's there's something to 
doing it differently than just saying, call me if you need my help. Remember when I was telling you that they, when I was in the hospital, they sent people in to talk to me. They sent pastors in. They brought me Bibles. They did all of those things. I'm, I'm a super mad 14-year-old that's I'm, I'm mad at everything. I didn't want to hear all that, you know. But now looking back, they just wanted me to talk to people that had similar injuries, which some of those injuries were not similar. They wanted me to play wheelchair basketball. I was like, no, you don't play basketball in a wheelchair. That's ridiculous. And I, and I never had any part of it. But now if someone's injured, you know, I'm like, I don't know them. But I, if I know somebody that they know, I'm like, can I, is there any way you can put me in touch with them? Yeah. Just so that I can sit down in front of them and say, ask me anything, anything when it comes to, you know, losing your ability to use the bathroom on your own. You know, I, I deal with that every day. I'm 41. You know, I can tell you about all the struggles I had in college, you know, dating, all those things. Just put me in front of that person. Like, I want to be that person that's like, okay, I know we don't have the same exact injury, but here's what happened to me. I want to hear what happened to you, what you got. Yeah, that's great. To be able to pour into others, you know, um, that, you know what y'all are doing is just seems like it's awesome to yeah, really it's, it's, help folks. And, it's to me, it, man, you know, Meredith, whenever, when y'all, when Wes texts me, there's like, hey, I really think that you should consider. You know, you know, Meredith mentioned how you weren't real sure about the direction here you're going here, and he was like, "I think y'all have something." And I was just like, "Thank you, Lord. Like, thanks for sending this." I mean, and 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 the week this week, the week that when we started this, you know, I have an awesome friend who lives. He's a retired military friend of mine, and um, I was we were going to do his podcast and. And it just, he, he had some, you know, we, we both kind of couldn't get together really. And it just was made a lot of sense to be, to come do this. And then sitting in it, I was like, the Lord started it right here. And, and, and now we have a place for a podcast and this is, I would assume that this, we could do it here. Well, and then you bring in people that, that are, extraordinary extraordinary hunters you know and i don't know make people feel accepted you know what if we could reach out to other people and get get some hunts together for people that can't go yeah you know like we mentioned last week you can't roll in grass when you're in a wheelchair it's just hard you can't Mm -hmm. go to the beach in a wheelchair there's no road on the beach you know somebody has to push you and it's just difficult the the acceptance for all those people to be able to be involved in all those things that your kids love to do, you know, mm-hmm. that I love to do. So we've got about, we've got about 10 minutes left in this. And so, Will, you, you're a big public land hunter. Yeah. I love And so it, let's just, Matt, you just tell us if you, how, how could we set up, could we set up better opportunities on public lands for you know, absolutely. And, and the Department of Wildlife, uh, Fisheries and Park in Mississippi, they do have some areas like out at Turcot that's, um, that is a, uh, you know, handicap area to hunt. Um, you know, I, I've never, I've hunted around it, but I've never hunted in those spots. I but, think that uh, what, there, what, there would, some what would be cool one day is that somebody could look up and say, I'm not going to just go to, I don't want to just go to the handicap or the inconvenience place. place. So I want to be able to go to Delta National. I want to be able to go to, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Panther Swamp. I want to go to these places because I think that's when you sit in the chair, you realize, man, I can't go do that. Mm -hmm. Even if I wanted to, Mm -hmm. I can't go do that. And so. And it's heartbreaking. It to, is to watch. You know, what I'd love it. to see. I'd love to have a you know have a, a WMA that was just built for inconvenience people. That was yeah. so amazing that people wish they could come there. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, like I'm thinking of that Phil Bryant WMA. This got all. I mean, it's like forty something thousand acres or something over there. That would be a great place to do something like that. You know. Um, the zoo, the property I've been working on, it's like built up roads all the way through it. You know, my buddy, that, you know, I lost my fr- I lost my best friend to a boating accident back in December, and um, he was. We went to forestry school together. 
He was my guy that I called on any kind of work-related stuff. He's real organized, real good. He could tell me, hey, man, don't do that. Do this. Um, but when I was in my chair, um, Taylor and Jack came down and uh, took – and I thought that I was taking them hunting. You know, they had convinced me that, yeah, we're going to come down there and, you know, you can put us on a deer. Because that's what I do. I don't really hunt. I love to – I love to help, you know, be build a guide. It. I love to be a guide. I love to be, I mean, you know, you know, calling ducks is cool. Try when you get into the, um, building, building a farm to where you can pull in like high altitude ducks. That is like so cool. I mean, it's just, I don't have to kill them. I can, I love bringing them in, giving them what they need. And they, you send them out on their way, people kill them and they enjoy them. Um, but it is, there's a lot there that we could do. I think, I think it'd be awesome. I wish I had all the money in the world and I could just have a inconvenienced property where you could just, I'm coming Meredith and I'm going to, I'm going to hunt stand 36 or whatever, you know, the one with the the real long, big bottom. Okay. I got (laughs) you down, you know, and then they can just pull up in their truck and, however they get out or if they walk like me or whatever. And, and there's, it's accessible with rails and all those things, you know, it's just, there's a huge world of normal people out there. And I think that the inconvenience people, you know, we're just trying to fit in wherever we can. Yeah. And you know, what's cool is that we're trying, you know, you might fit in, but it's when you go through these things, it's just your, and you're don't get me wrong. A, you're a lot. You're a lot more mentally strong than people give you credit for. And then you get. It's just. I'm not. I'm not trying to brag there. It's just like you. You know. You're always having to. When you wake up in the morning, you got to be mentally. Ready. Say. Say. I'm. A, I want this day. Yeah. And so that's cool to. Well, be I mean, able the to, first thing I do is is put my braces on to be able to walk to be able to put two feet on the ground. You know, my feet haven't touched the ground barefoot in 26 years and. And I am bragging, Carter. Like yeah. I, I come to this restaurant and I own it, and I, I run that kitchen like a boss. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm crazy, crazy running around here all the time, and my feet don't work. Nothing from my knees down works, and people are like, "Whoa!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did that." You know, <laughs> I've spent my life doing awesome. this for myself. You know, for and just to, and you, you can do it too. You know, for so long, for so long, I was, um, I didn't. I didn't want to brag. I didn't want to do that, that I went so far the other way. And now I'm, I agree with you. I just, I'm like really proud of what, like, I'm proud of this farm. I'm proud of my buddy Jason telling me to stay true, stick to it. I'm making the right management decisions. And then being able to, I'm fixing to take my clients that have never seen it. They, 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 but be able to take them this week and say, this is yours. Mm-hmm. And man, dude, there's so much food out there. It really? is crazy. And you should be a proud of your accomplishments and you should too with your kids. I mean, just that's out that's awesome. That's a that's a a dad testament, you know, yeah. just to be raising kids that are so outdoors and love it and I know you're so proud. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great thing. But you know, the the most important thing, the thing that I want the most is that they truly know God. It, you know, and and I think through the outdoors and just like the scripture that we read says that through his invisible qualities that we see out there in creation, you know, we have no excuse. And I think that's true for all of us, whether we, you know, are inconvenienced or not, you know, the outdoors is going to speak to us the same. Do you um, think, do you think when we get to in front of the Lord, you know, we go to get to see him, you think he's going to bring that up? You think that he's going to say, Hey, I was all around you. Your entire life, and you and there's no you don't really have an excuse. How do you think that? You, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that could be uh, what he says. I mean, I hope um, I hope when I get there, he says you saw it <laughs> at least. You sure did. You know, some of the time. Um, and you do, and you know, it's so critical that you keep sharing that because so people can um, visualize. I think that what you're what you're doing because because when you when we watch you do it it's contagious it's mm-hmm. like joy you're seeing it you're like man i'm i want to laugh like that you mm-hmm. know um so all right so with last two or three minutes 
if you had to give some advice to some uh, dads or just some men and say, why is it critical? Why do you think, why do you go? Why do you do help me get to Emmaus? Why do you take kids to the outdoors? You know, at bottom, I think it goes to, to obedience. Um, you know, the Bible is filled with uh, instances of obedience. I mean, it starts in the Garden of Eden. You know, obedience is a big deal. And there's, you know, so, you know, I think when God speaks, you know, it, it, we have to be obedient. We should be. Um, and, and like you were talking about, you know, at the other end of that, after you have been obedient, after you do go and spend time with Noah and you know, do do what you're called to do, there's a peace that you get that's just, you know, it's unexplainable. Um, and so you're going to benefit, even though at the beginning of it you think maybe it's a hardship. It's really not. Um, and, you know, my thing with my kids is taking them in the outdoors. But, you know, that's not a one-size-fits-all thing. I mean, there's all kind of ways to have relationships with people. Um, I believe, you know, the outdoors – being in the outdoors really is what fits me and uh, my children and the other kids. We get involved in it, but uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways to do it. But the outdoors and seeing God's creation and giving and giving Him the glory for that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you can you can mess up everything. You can pervert anything, um, and some people can see the outdoors and you know pervert it in a way that's not godly, but um, but anyway, uh, kind of my thoughts. That uh, railroad pizza railroad coming pizza. back. There's a, there's I, 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 look, I, I tell you, Meredith. You know what happened? Oh, there we go. Back on. All right. Sorry about that. Okay, going back to what we just. Where do we just pick up? Well, we were talking about re- building relationships with people, and I think that's a that's oh, yeah. a good way to end on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're fixing to end this. But, you know, what I've noticed at uh, Shower Power is I'm seeing – I see those Noahs, and I get to know them. And I'm like, you know, tell me about your family. And, and their parents died, and they're homeless. Mm-hmm. So if you don't – if you want to know what happens to them, they end up homeless – and the Lord still has a plan for them. You know, there's people that are picking those people up, but it's your you're playing a role that has eternal value, I think. And so, anyway, Will, what do you? We, I really appreciate you coming on. Man, yeah, I enjoyed it. I love hanging out with Carter anytime I can. And Meredith, your uh, pleasure to be around it was too. Very nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah, you too. I'll have to keep watching for your. Your record gators. There you go. You know, never really was in it to catch a record gator, but you know, well, you never know what God has in store for you, Carter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your um, your um, your fourteen three gears coming out. Yeah, there. that's right. <laughs> Maybe next time line. we can talk about the uh, the gator hunt. It took five and a half, six six and a half hours to catch that alligator, but I can tell you the story in probably thirty minutes. I hear you. We'll, we'll get you back <laughs> on. We'll do yeah. it. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good weekend. Um, Not sure what we got next week, but we'll be back if the Lord allows it. See y'all. See you.